0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message with Pastor Omar concludes our series with us with a message on Jesus being our wonderful counselor. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then also be sure to check out our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com. Enjoy this message. Good to see everyone this morning. Are you glad you're in the house of God? Well, turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now we appreciate everyone being here this morning we appreciate those that are watching online several people on youtube many on facebook as well and uh, we're going to get right into this message this morning believe the lord to help us uh, we're in this series with us this is the last message in this series and i believe it really uh, i'm excited about this message because i think we can We can all use it, including myself, okay? And so this whole month, we've been talking about God with us, that his power is with us, that his presence is with us, that his peace is with us, that God himself is with us. And throughout the word of God, the Bible tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that's why the very purpose of why Jesus came to the earth, so that we could be assured that he is with us in 700 years Before Jesus was even born, it was prophesied. It was during a time of turmoil. It was during a time of fear. The prophet of God, Isaiah, prophesied the coming of Jesus. And this is what he said in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let's pray today as we get into this message. Father, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you, God, today that you are our wonderful counselor. Lord, when we need advice, when we need direction, when we need you to guide us, Lord, when we feel lost, when we feel, God, today we don't know which way to go. You are a wonderful counselor today. So I pray today that the Holy Spirit would speak into lives today, that you would open up our hearts. God, remove every distraction. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare the word of God upon every word that I speak today, and that the people of God would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So this morning... I'm going to talk about something that all of us, I think, could, could relate to. But before I do that, I'm curious, how many here are either expecting a baby or know someone that's going to have a baby? Anyone here this morning, right down here, go, well man, all right. Well, congratulations. And i, I tell you, one of the challenging things, that my, my wife and I have had three, we had three boys, and one of the challenging things about having a baby is naming the baby. Right? How do you? What do you name the baby? Do you name them after uh, somebody famous? Uh, Do you name them after your uncle or your aunt or your dad and all of these things? There's always this big debate of who who you name them after and and all of that and and I think I've told you this story where there was this uh, this guy he 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 uh, he loved Hondas and so he he had twins and so he named one of his wife or one of his wife one of his kids la honda was her name and to make it rhyme he named the other twin fonda fonda and la honda and actually they came to the church for a while and i was thinking la honda and and she goes yeah my 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 dad loved hondas so he named me la honda and that's her name to this day how many how many wish you could change your name don't raise your hand your parents might be here Uh, uh, but again uh, you know for us, the, the first son that we had was very easy to name, a very great name. And uh, my first son, Omar, of course, this is the best name. That was easy. That was simple. Uh, and, but uh, the other two were a bit of a challenge. Naming our sons uh, uh, was a bit of a challenge. And you're going to have a challenge. The more kids you have, the more of a challenge. What should we name them? And names are important, uh, especially uh, living up to that name. And I, I've known some people that, lived up to their name, good and bad. And, and here's the thing, uh, babies have no choice in what you name them, right? You didn't have a choice in what they name you. And, and so some of us, we wish we had a different name. But names are important because they represent who we are. And so I looked on the Internet about some people that lived up to their name, kind of unique. Who knew that they would live up to their name? So let's, let's look at the first guy here. And uh, his name is Saint Sergeant Paul Paulos from St. Paul Police. Man, what, how, who would know that, that, that Paul Paulos would would be in St. Paul? Now, if he changed location, probably wouldn't have the same ring, but there he is, Saint, Sergeant Paul Paulos. Uh, put up the other guy here, this next guy, and he's Lieutenant Lieutenant Les McBurney, and guess what? He works for the fire department. Les McBurney. He doesn't want, you know, a, 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 a hopefully he doesn't have a twin named more McBurney, but no. And let's let's put the third one up there. And this guy, he's a Samaritan volunteer, and his name is Alan Too Good. You can just never be Too Good, right? He happens to just kind of lives up to his name. And put up this next guy. And and this guy, oh, you can't see him. You have to put it up. But he's a physician, and he is Dr. Doctor. In other words, his name, he is a doctor, and his last name is Doctor. And so, Dr. Doctor, give me Okay, anyway, uh, I have a, anyway, and this guy, you, can, you guys are going to have to fix it this next service. His name is Tom Kitchen, and he's a chef. He's, who knew, he would live up to his, he'd be, be a chef, Tom Kitchen, and put the next one up. And, and this, this lady's name is Cashera, or Cashera, and she actually is the cashier, Mrs. Cashera, right? Who knew, right? And this one is kind of unique. His name is Brad Slaughter. Now, hopefully, he's not a surgeon. No, he actually works for the meat department, and he does slaughter a few people here. Meat, meat manager. And this guy, his, he was arrested for uh, marijuana, and guess what his name is? Jason Weed had a little bit too much, and they arrested this guy. So people are living up to their names. Just kind of unique. I don't know if there's one more. Did I put one more? And this girl, this lady, she's a meteorologist, and her name is Amy Freeze. And guess what? She's freezing a little bit, right? So all of these people, they're, they're, they they kind of live up to their name. And I was thinking about the, the name of Jesus. How many know he lived up to his name? Hallelujah. I don't know if you guys ever heard uh, of the song by Johnny Cash. And uh, this is part of the uh, verse, first verse of the of the of this song, I heard this song way back, and it says, Well, my daddy left home when I was three. He didn't leave much to maw me, just an old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Yeah, so this guy, his worst name, uh, he named, he was a boy, and he named him Sue. It's a crazy song. But anyway, I was thinking about all these names. But here's the prophetic name of Jesus. His name is Wonderful Contler this morning. And uh, we just read that verse, Wonderful Contler And that really, Jesus, when you begin to look at the scripture, you're going to find that he lives up to his name. He is a Wonderful Consular. In fact, the uh, Hebrew word uh, for wonderful consular is actually pronounced, believe it or not, uh, pele In other words, pele, you know, the uh, famous soccer player. No, it does. Pele means wonderful. And uh, actually, what the word pele means is wonderful beyond words. In other words, there's not enough words to describe uh, how God is so wonderful. So they use the word Pelay, meaning uh, so wonderful, it's beyond comprehension. There's not enough words to describe uh, how awesome and how wonderful God is. And so, again, the Hebrew for wonderful counselor is p- pele yo And the word yo is where we get the word Yahtzee. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, the word yo it actually means advisor or someone that gives consultant or consultant or someone that brings guidance so so the bible is telling us that jesus would be born and, and his name would be poleoeth or wonderful counselor or a wonder of a counselor, it is speaking of his wonder, and it's speaking how extraordinary he is. He is a counselor, and he is a ruler, and he's an advisor. How many thank God for that? He really is. And when he gives us advice, he speaks from a position of authority not some co-worker not your tia concha not the person next door this person speaks from a uh, a position of authority he is qualified to give you some advice the bible tells us that even king solomon was one of the wisest kings that ever lived and people traveled from afar Uh, to get some of his wisdom. They traveled from many places to hear the wisdom and the counsel of Solomon. And he was so well respected because of his position and authority. People came to hear his advice. Man, I can tell you right now, the Raiders could use some of that advice right now. But anyway, uh, the wonderful counselor uh, is such a reliable, I'm sorry about that, Peter, but the, he's a reliable counselor, and he's one this morning that we can count on his counsel this morning. Uh, lots of people, we, you know, they listen to Dr. Phil, and, and uh, I don't know if you ever listen to the radio, Dr. Laura, and people make their living giving advice. In fact, if you go to a psychiatrist today, they said the average psychiatrist in, uh, in America today makes about $150 an hour. So you're gonna pay at least $150 an hour just to hear some advice or counsel. Some get paid up to $350 to $500 an hour. I, I'm here to tell you, Jesus doesn't charge you anything. Amen, you can go to the wonderful counselor. And Romans eleven thirty three it says, "Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand His decision and His way! For who can know the Lord's uh, thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him any advice?" So the Bible is telling us that He's the perfect teacher. That. Who knows the wisdom and the knowledge of God? Who can even give him any advice? He gives us the insight. In fact, the Bible said that his plans and his ways are not our ways, that it's beyond our comprehension, the advice and the wisdom that God gives us. And this morning, you don't have to walk in darkness, but you can walk in the light because of his counsel. This is what I love about God's counsel. He's not just going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. It's not like calling that friend at night and he says, yeah, I hate her too. Yeah, I'll get her back. That's not the counsel you need, right? That's not the advice that you need. Jesus gives us the counsel that we need to hear. He shows us a way out. The Bible tells us, explains that Jesus can help us. Even in the midst of our problem, really, that really is something comforting to know that despite whatever problem, whatever issues we're going through, whatever pain that we're going through, God really does understand. Let me tell you why. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, and I tell you, throughout my Christian life, this scripture has been an encouragement to me when I'm going through some things, when I feel like no one understands, and even when I feel like God doesn't understand. Am I the only one? Hebrews chapter 4 says, for we do not have a high priest. Remember, the high priest was one that gave advice, was one that ministered. He said, we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize or empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet... He's without sin. So our high priest is our savior, a wonderful counselor. He's been through everything that you've been through. He's been tempted in every area that you've been tempted in. He's uh, uh, he's gone through the pain that you're going through. He understands. And then in verse 16, you jump down uh, uh, there. The next verse says, let us then approach the throne of grace. We can come with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So some of you right now, if we're honest, we're in a significant place of need. You have a need right now. There's some things that maybe you're going through. There's some things that maybe you're experiencing right now. I'm here to tell you that you can go to the wonderful Contler at the throne of grace for your time of need. And here's the thing I love about Jesus. He's not just a king who rules over us. He's not just a king that just kind of looks over us this morning, but he's one that has walked among us. He's lived and walked through everything that you're going through right now. There is nothing that you're experiencing that he's not experienced. You cannot tell God, God, you don't understand. God, you don't really uh, uh, feel what I'm feeling. You don't know what it is to be broken. You don't know what it is to struggle. You don't know what it is to be tempted. You don't know what it is to be stressed. I'm here to tell you the Christmas story really lays out the reality that Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. In fact, when we think about the story of Jesus being born... Many times what we do is we overlook the fact that Jesus was born in the worst poverty. Some of us, we say, man, I'm poor. But I'm talking about Jesus was poor without an R. I mean, he was poor, man, really poor. He couldn't even afford the R, man. He was that poor. He was born. Uh, he was oppressed. Uh, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph were poor, were the poorest of the poor. Jesus was born in a stable In other words, Joseph lacked enough money to be able to finance a proper place where his pregnant wife could have a baby. And many times we look at the nativity scene and we look at it, it's all proper, it's all clean. I'm telling you, it smelled. There was dirty cows, there were sheep. I mean, sometimes you ought to just get a piece of poop and put it by your nativity. That's how it really smelled. It was bad. And then what woman wants to have a baby out in the cold? What woman who's pregnant wants to have a baby where there's animals? That it didn't smell like cinnamon. It didn't smell like eggnog. I want you to know it smelled like poop. And this is where Jesus was born. And here's another thing. When they came and they presented Jesus in the temple, and they dedicated him. The Bible said that they brought two pigeons to dedicate or at the sacrifice. These were the poorest of the poor. When you couldn't afford a lamb, the poorest of the poor brought two pigeons. This is how poor his family was. This is how financially uh, strapped his family was. And yet the wonderful counselor came for us. The wonderful counselor understands your problem. I said, the wonderful counselor understands your problem. See, God knows that we all have problems. Is there anyone here that doesn't have a problem? Because I I need your advice. I'm telling you. I think everybody here has some kind of problem. And this is why he came, because he knew that we are people that have problems and we need his counsel. In fact, every miracle, listen to me, every miracle that Jesus ever did started with a problem. There is not a miracle unless there's a problem. When there's a problem, there's a miracle, right? If you don't have a problem, there's no miracle. But every miracle started with a problem, and God, through his miracle power, is able to heal and able to resolve it. The Bible says he didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. He came for those that are sick. In fact, when Jesus came, he wasn't looking for the all-star. He came looking for really the people that had a lot of problems. Had a lot of issues. Matthew, the tax collector. If you know anything about a tax collector, he he was a thief. He would take money from the people. He would take. Uh, he would skim from the top for his own. Uh, and he was the, uh, a tax collector was considered the worst kind of person. He was worse than a sinner. They said. People would not associate. He was a traitor. He was someone that had betrayed his own people and, and was getting money from his own people and giving it to Rome and scheming some for itself. And yet it was Jesus who went to that tax collector, Matthew, and said, follow me. It is not by accident that Jesus was going after those that had some issues and some problems. The Bible says he went over there and, and he gathered at, at the at, The Bible says he went and stood at the house of Matthew. Matthew called all of his friends, people that cussed once in a while, people that drank, people that watched rated R movies. He, 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 was, he was with some pretty bad people, right? He was with people there that were just down and out, messed up. And even the religious people said, why are you hanging out? with these people, and Jesus said this, the wonderful counselor, this is what he said in Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus answered them and said, "It's not the healthy who need a doctor, Amen. right? If not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus said, I've, I've come not to call the righteous, but I've come to call the sinners to repentance. You have to remember that the wonderful counselor came to those who are sick. And if we're really serious this morning, all of us are broken. All of us are sick. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're sick. Yeah, you're sick. Not with COVID, okay, but you're sick. We have some kind of brokenness, right? We have some kind of problem. Let's just be honest. Uh, we've got some kind of issue. We've got some kind of dysfunction. I'll be honest with you. If I sat down with some of you for just five minutes or ten minutes, uh, and as, as we begin to conversate, you begin to tell me a little bit about your life, I can probably, uh, by the Holy Spirit, find an issue there that God needs to help you. There have been times where I'm talking to someone, someone comes to me, they want to talk to me for a while, and then I begin to say, okay, here's the issue, you're telling me the symptom, but I'm going to tell you what the issue is. And then I begin to press a little bit on the issue, and they said, no, no, I'm fine, I'm okay, Pastor, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> have you ever talked to somebody like that? Sometimes people have a problem, issue, they don't even, it, it, everybody sees it. Everybody can see there's an addiction there. Everybody can see there's a bad habit there. Let's be honest today. And and we pretend and we hide it like, you know, nobody knows. And I'm telling you, sometimes there's issues and problems that stand out. Everybody can see your sickness. There are times this morning where people uh, that you know, maybe you're experiencing, especially during these holidays, you can experience this depression where you're getting depressed, where you're getting filled with anxiety, where you're getting filled with loneliness, I've said it before, the holidays magnify the good and the bad. The holidays can magnify all the good things, but they can also magnify all the bad things that are wrong in your life, that are missing in your life. And then you look at Facebook and you see all the family, it gets you more mad and upset, am I right? Come on, let's just be honest. And, we, you know, if we're not careful, we worry, we get all stressed out. You know, you're wondering how you're going to pay for all those Christmas gifts now. The kids open them up. You're saying, man, how am I going to pay all these bills? And, and there's all this brokenness and even family issues. There could be some family issues going on right now. You got to, especially during the holiday, they stand out. Some people don't, don't they, they don't communicate with you. They don't respond to you. And you start looking, man, at all this brokenness. So here's a couple of things that the wonderful counselor, he wants to help us in. I want you to write this down. We need to be real honest with our wonderful counselor. The only way we can be healed is we need to be honest. We need to be brutally honest. Because truthfully, let's just be truthful. Many of us are not that honest when it comes to our problems. Many of us can mask it. We can hide it. We can act like it's not really there. And yet God knows what's really happening in your life. I was reading an article and they said, every counselor will tell you until you're completely honest about your problem, you can't really get any help. I talked to people all the way and I said, if you only tell me half of your issues, I'm only going to give you half of the advice. I'm going to give you counsel based upon what you tell me. But if you're dishonest, if you're just giving me the, you know, the highlights of your life, you're not really telling me the problems and the issue, then I'm only going to give you half of the advice. I can't really help you. And there's a tendency, let's just be honest, because we're talking about being honest, right? There's a tendency to want to hide the real truth. And conceal our problem because you're ashamed to admit that you've got a problem. The reason why we don't get any help because we're ashamed of the uh, of admitting it. And we don't want to acknowledge it. And we don't want people to shame us anyway. in any way. And until you're open and honest with your problem, you can't really get any help. And here's a great story. I love this story. In John chapter 4. We've read it many times. But I love this story where Jesus talks to this woman at the well, and he finally gets her to be a little bit honest. And the Bible says in John chapter 4, it says when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me some water? Now, I want you to know, now that we know in hindsight, Jesus wasn't just wanting water. He wanted to talk to this woman. And the disciples had gone, and they went to get food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you're, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? See, there was even racial tension back then, right? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. See, this, uh, racism isn't something new, but I know a counselor that can heal that. Amen. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so this woman's all excited. So he said, give me this water, man. Where can I get it? My goodness, it's got to be better than this Fiji water, right? It's got to be better than that. Give me this water so I don't have to draw or get thirsty and keep coming here to draw water. And see, this is where Jesus begins to press a little bit because they're talking about water, but she's not being honest about her issue. He, said, he told her, go call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus replied, you're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And he said, and the man you now have is not your husband. In other words, you're living in adultery right now. And she said, what you said or what you have said is quite true, Jesus said. Sir, the woman said, I can see then that you are a prophet. (laughs) So Jesus begins to confront her. First, he's talking about water, but then he's really his angle is to confront her about the issue of her life. See, really, when you begin to read and you begin to understand the story, this woman was looking for love in all the wrong places. And she was looking for satisfaction, and five different times she's had five different failed marriages, and finally it seemed like she gave up on marriage altogether, and now she's living with some dude. And Jesus confronts her and begins to talk to her because she is basically a person that's really hurting. See, in fact, the reason why we know that is this woman is drawing water in the middle of the day. And what we know out of tradition and what we know out of culture, women went early in the morning to draw water. And it was there that they chatted, you know, they gossiped, the comadres and all that. They were talking, hey, how you doing? And they were. They, it would be there, it would be a, a time of social time. But this woman showed up in the middle of the day knowing that nobody would be there in the middle of a hot day. And she walked up that road by herself because she was full of shame because she had five husbands. She was living with a man now. And she was uh, not thinking uh, or perceiving that anyone would be there because everybody had gone early in the morning. Uh, and she was walking in shame. And Jesus knew exactly what the issue was. It wasn't the water. It was her shame. And Jesus began to deal with her sickness and in verse 17, it says she said, I have no husband. And Jesus went on to say to her, That's exactly right. He said, You're living with one now. And he said, I want you to be honest. In other words, I, I want you to realize that I've come to give you the water of life. I come to give you water that'll wash your shame, that'll wash your sin. Can you say, Amen? This water will satisfy you. So Jesus was able to get. ...to the issue this morning because this woman uh, was finally honest. See, she could have lied. She could have said, well, you know, uh, my husband's out traveling on business. My husband is doing this. But she decided something caused her to want to be honest. She could have lied. She could have schemed her way around it. uh, But see, something in her told her to be honest. The only way you could be healed... Especially when the Holy Spirit is pressing on you, like even right now, you need to be honest. You've got some issues, you've got some problems, but I'm here to tell you, there's a miracle worker. His name is the wonderful counselor that can help you. But you got to be honest. you got marital problems, you got addiction problems, you got an anger problem right now, you're hooked on something that's got you really bad, you're in a bad situation, you're in a relational problem right now. You have trouble trusting people. I can't tell you how many people come to this church uh, for the first time, and they have trouble trusting people. In fact, I, sometimes they're looking at me like, yeah, I know who you are. You're a preacher. You don't even know me. But they say, yeah, you know, all these preachers. So you've already counted every preacher out. They, every policeman is bad. Every, every this and that, because you have trouble tre- uh, trusting people because you've been burned before. And wh- what you do is you put up a shield... Right, You put up a front so that when I speak to you or someone in authority speaks to you, you won't listen. You, and they can't help you. I'm preaching better than you're clapping today. And you'll never be healed. See, Jesus came. Let me go on under this next story. I need to move real quickly here. But Jesus moved on in John chapter 5, the very next story, and he shows up at a place, uh, the Pool of Bethesda, and there's this, this guy there that's been paralyzed for 38 years. For 38 years, they've been taking him to this place uh, to be healed, uh, and he's laying there uh, and with all these other sick people. And Jesus shows up, and, and here's the ironic thing, the question that he makes that I think all of us this morning can relate to. He tells that man, do you want to be healed? There have been theologians, there have been people that have had trouble with that question. It puzzled many Bible scholars. Why did Jesus ask this man, do you want to be healed? Of course, this man wants to be healed. Of course, this man wanting a miracle. Why do you think he's by the poop? So why did Jesus ask that? Let me just say this to you. Many of us want to experience the benefits of healing, but you don't want to go through the painful choices in order to get the healing. You don't want to make the painful choices this morning that can get you the healing. See, we want God to clean up the mess in our lives, but we don't want to deal with the choices and pattern that got us into that mess. And what we'll say is, oh, my family's curse. They're family curses. No, many times it's family choices. You keep making the same choices and the same pattern that your family does. That's why you're sick and you got problems. That's why you need the wonderful counselor. I'm preaching to myself and I'm preaching to somebody here this morning. See, we like the concept of change, but not really sure that we want to surrender enough to change. See, we have to be willing to make a change, but we have to be willing to surrender some things in order to get that change. There's, it's, yeah, the Holy Spirit does the work, but it causes you to want to surrender. See, I heard this prayer before. A man said, God, make me pure, just not right now. See, we want change, but we don't want it right now. We want God to help us, but we, but we don't want God to deal with our problems and our issues. We don't want to have to make some hard decisions. And I'm here to tell you, if you really want help, if you really want the counselor, you've got to surrender this morning. You've got to be honest. You've got to say, here it is, God. I need, I, I need you to change me, and I'm willing to do what it takes. See the reason why we won't change is you gotta make some hard decisions in your life. I tell people that sometimes. I said you gotta you gotta make some hard choices in your life. There may be some relationships that you gotta cut loose. There may be a bad relationship in your life. You know it's not healthy, it's toxic, you need to change it. See, we want change, but we don't wanna go through the effort and make the choices that have to bring about that change. You may have to stop answering that phone from that guy. You may have to answer that, stop answering that phone from that girl. You may have to stop going in that area or to that place. There's are some hard choices you have to make. See, all of these this morning will bring change. See, the second thing this morning, I got to go quickly. I'm not going to be able to finish my third point. But the second thing is we got to be willing to listen to the counselor's voice. How many know listening is critical? Lots of times this morning, we, we listen with our ears, but we don't listen with our heart. Right? We listen with our ears, but we don't listen with our heart. It's like we're it, almost like we're listening one ear and it goes out the other. You've heard that statement before. It's really going nowhere, and, and God wants us to listen to the wonderful conflict. Look at, look at what happened. And I'm just going to give you a summary in Mark chapter nine. You can write it down. It's the story of the, uh, basically Jesus, the mountain of configuration, the transfiguration. And in that, uh, story. The Bible said that Jesus goes up to the mountain. He takes the three disciples. You can read it later. And when they go up there, uh, God the Father appears. Uh, Elijah and Moses are there, and the disciples are all excited, uh, and they want to build an altar to Moses and Elijah. And and, and God prena- and all of a sudden, Jesus' face is shining. You can't even look at him. There's a glow on him at the mountain. But you know what God says? And all of this, all the disciples are so all distracted. All God said is this. In Mark chapter 9, verse 7, then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, and this is what God said, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. Listen to the wonderful counselor. All this, Moses and Elijah there, the transfiguration, all this, and God just says, will you just listen? Turn to someone and say, listen. we got to listen, man. You know what? All, 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 all the all all the preaching in the world can't help you unless you start listening and applying it. Can you say Amen? Are you listening to what God's saying? See, many times we think we're listening, we think we're hearing, and 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 we're not really listening. Like, and we're blaming everybody else. But God's been speaking to you the whole time. Sometimes we're looking at somebody else. I'll read the story. I've read it before, but I love this story. There was a concerned husband that went to the doctor to talk to the doctor about his wife. He said, doctor, I think my wife is going deaf because she never hears me the first time and always asks me to repeat things. Well, the doctor replied, go home tonight and stand 15 feet away from her and say something to her. If she doesn't reply, move about five feet closer and if she doesn't listen, move another five feet and keeping, uh, keeping, keep doing this. Uh, uh, and we'll get an idea of how se- severe her deafness is. Sure enough, the husband go ho- goes home and does exactly as he's instructed. He starts off about 15 feet away from his wife and she's chopping some vegetables. And he says, honey, what's for dinner? He doesn't hear anything. She doesn't respond. He gets five feet closer. He goes, Honey, what's for dinner? No reply. Five feet closer. Honey, what's for? Finally, he's like an inch behind her and he says loudly, Honey, what's for dinner? She said, For the fourth time, it's vegetables and soup. Sometimes it's not the woman that's deaf, it's the man that's deaf. See, we're blaming everybody else, but you're the one that's not hearing. You're looking at everybody else, but you're the one that's not listening. Over and over, Jesus did things and said things and instructed people. And they had to listen and do what he said. See, you're never going to get healed. You're never going to get counsel and you're never going to get guidance unless you listen and do what he says. The Bible says he comes up to this blind man. And you know what he does? This is crazy. Uh, uh, To me, I would have said, I don't know if I want any part of it. But Jesus, the man says, Do you want Jesus says, Do you want to be healed? He says, Yeah, I want to be healed. So Jesus spits on the ground, he makes some mud pies, and then he smears it on the man's face. Now, if I'm the man's friend says, Oh, this is this is this is outrageous, man. This is a shame. (laughs) And then Jesus said, Go wash in the pool. Now, not not the the pool right here. He said, go across the street over there, a couple blocks over where actually the pool was. So they had to get him over there. And finally, when this guy obeys, he washes uh, uh, the mud away. And guess what? His eyes are open because he listened, and he did what Jesus said. (laughs) Peter comes to Jesus and said, Peter comes to Jesus and said, you know what? We need to pay our taxes. How many know we need to pay our taxes? And you know what Jesus tells him? He goes, I want you to go fish over here. And when you get that fish, you're going to find some coins in the fish's mouth, and you can use that as payment. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm think, what? I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to find a coin. I mean, come on, Jesus. You're, you're, come on, this is ridiculous. This is dumb. But guess what? Peter does exactly what Jesus said. Some of you need to do this. And he went out and fish. He got the fish, and inside the fish's mouth was the coin, and he paid his bill. Why? Because he listened to Jesus and he did what Jesus said, right? You have to listen and apply. So Jesus is demonstrating to us it takes obedience. Let that sink in a little bit. He tells you something in order to heal you, but you got to listen and do it. If Jesus speaks to you, he says, Guess what? You need to extend some forgiveness to that person. You got to listen, and then you got to do it. Well, I'm not forgiving him. No, 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 no. There's no choice here. You want to be healed? You want God to heal you of your bitterness? You want God to heal you inside your soul? He says, forgive that person, listen, and then do it. The moment you decide to do it, you're saying, I trust you, God. I trust what you're telling me. See, can we handle God's truth? And can we handle doing what God tells us? Because oftentimes he's telling us we're just not listening to him. Jesus said this, my sheep, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. uh, 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 My sheep, they listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So when we know the counselor's voice, uh, we know him, and we follow him, and he knows who we are. I'm here to tell you today, the counselor, the wonderful counselor, wants to help us. He wants to give us counsel. He wants to give us advice, but we have to listen and we have to do it. Amen. Let's bow our head this morning in reverence to the Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, God, that you are our wonderful counselor. And God, we're so often, God, we're, we're lost. So often, God, we're we're talking about the symptom and not the problem. God, all of us today, we're broken. All of us today, we need guidance. All of us today, we need to listen to you. And we need to do what you say, and God. Today we need to be honest. Lord, we'll never be healed of our problems. We'll never be healed of our issues unless we are honest. God, help us to remove the mask. Help us to remove the fast Help us to remove all the stuff in front, Lord. That God, people see what's in front, but they don't see what's inside. God, today we just want to be honest. God, we need your counsel today god we need your guidance and lord we're willing to listen and do what you're telling us to do we're willing to make the hard choices and the hard decisions in order to do that today father i pray minister to people all over this room and if you're listening online i pray today that you'll give your life to jesus if you're in this room right now i want to tell you what the wonderful counselor says Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He was talking about himself, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus made this statement. The wonderful counselor said this. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one come to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. So if you're looking for a way, if you're looking, man, how do I get to God? Jesus said, he's the way. He's the way. He's the truth. So your philosophy, your way of thinking, your thing, how you got it figured out, it's a lie. Jesus is the truth. And he is the life. You're not really living until you give your life to God. You don't know what real living is. You have no idea. You're sick and you don't know it. Why? Why do I say that? Because Jesus said he's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. And no one come to the Father but by him. He said, I come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. So God today loves you, cares about you. He wants to forgive you of your sin because that's everybody's problem. See, all of us have the same problem. It's sin. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. It says there's there's none righteous, not even one. There's not one person. You're not good enough. You can't make it to heaven on your own. You need God's forgiveness. That's why Jesus, the Savior, came to die on the cross, shed his blood. If you'll believe in him, if you'll put your trust in him today, if you'll ask him to come in your life, he'll forgive you of your sin. So if you're in this room or you're listening online right now, be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. I talked about honesty today. Say, man, I got a problem. I got the sin problem you're talking about. But I want God to forgive me. I want want that living water to wash my sins away. Who are you in this room right now? Say, pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life right now. Is there anyone here? Just raise your hand real quick. We'll pray for you. God bless you, young man down here. Anybody else this morning? You'll be honest with God. Say, that's me. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Doesn't matter this morning where you grew up, any of those things. God loves you, cares about you, and he knows everything about you, every detail of your life. You know how detailed God is? The Bible says he knows the very number of hairs on our head. That's how detailed God is about you. He knows everything about you. There's nothing you can hide from God. But today, it's going to take you to be honest and say that you need him in your life. He won't force himself on you. He's giving you an opportunity to be honest. I need the Lord in my life. So whoever you are, or you're in this room, you haven't raised your hand, you'd raise it up right now. The Pastor, would you pray for me? I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. Is there anyone else here right now? You'd raise your hand over here. God bless you, young lady over here. Who else? Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? We don't want you to leave here the same way you came in today. Raise your hand right now. Maybe there's some people online right now. We'll, be, we'll have some people pray with you online. If you say, that's me, Pastor, let us know. Just say, that's me. That's me. But we want to pray for these that raised their hand right now. Amen. You mean that down here? Let's see. You mean that right here? You mean that over there? Would you come right here? You mean that guy? Would you come right here? Come on. Just stand right here. God bless you guys. God bless you, bro. God bless you, man. Hey, right on. I know who you are. I didn't even recognize you. Andy, God bless you. Come on. Come on up people, anybody else want to come? God bless you. Well, why don't we pray with them this morning? Why don't we all pray together right now? Why don't we bow our head and close our eyes for a moment and repeat this prayer? Don't say it to me, but say it to God, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sin change my life be Lord of my life from this day forward I will serve you in Jesus name Amen let's pray for them Father we thank you today we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit right now to come in their lives today let them experience your love Let them experience your forgiveness this morning in the name of Jesus. Why don't we stand together this morning? If you want prayer, if you just say, you know what? I I just need the wonderful counselor. I need God to help me. Maybe you're going through some things in your life. I'm going to open the altar. They lead us in worship this morning. Just come. Just come. He's willing to heal us. He's willing to minister to our lives. Just come right now.